Well, every week I get a, a, a message from someone uh, after I have preached and done the, uh, the prayer time, and they're like, Linda's in the hospital, because it's the first time they've heard her, heard that it's true. And so I will tell you today, and this may be the first time you even knew that that was happening, that she was in the hospital. She was in the hospital for a total between the acute care uh, in Nova Fairfax and in Nova Mount Vernon rehab, uh, rebuilding her strength, a total of 32 days, which is a long time to spend in the hospital. However, this Thursday, this past Thursday, she came home and she's at the house. Now, early on in uh, her stay at the hospital, uh, I, I thought it was really interesting, uh, a God who meets you where you hide, because I did a lot of hiding at my house uh, because I didn't know what to say. We didn't know what it was. I was uncertain. Uh, but I had a couple of uh, friends who, as soon as they found out that Linda was in the hospital, would call me on the phone. And their first question, of course, as you would expect, would be, how is Linda? Tell me what's going on. And of course, uh, oftentimes, uh, because they were very kind, I told them everything, and they listened, they listened. I told them everything that I had heard. And because I have a, uh, I don't have a photographic memory, but I have a pretty solid memory, I told them all of the test results and all of the kinds of tests that were run and exactly what the doctor said and what it could be and what it might not be and which test was right and which test was wrong, all of those kinds of things. And they would, they would listen because they love me. That's what friends do. And then at the end, uh, towards the end of the conversation, they would, the second question they would ask after I had blithered on for however long it took me to say, there were sometimes my answer was, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, but there would be a second question. And their second question is, how are you, James? How are you? Because you know, in the midst of all of this, uh, are you eating? Are you sleeping? Are you doing something uh, to distract yourself? Something, are you taking walks? Are you paying attention to your health? Are you looking out for you? And those, friends uh, made it their policy. How is Linda? How are you? Are you taking care of yourself? Now, I began to think about friendship because life happens. You know, we've been in that series, Life Happens. And life happens in spite of things. You know, you can think that, of that phrase in any number of ways. Life happens. You know, you're on your way to work, and you've got a meeting you can't miss, and you blow a tire. Uh, or uh, you are going to an important Zoom meeting that is crucial to your future in the work you do, and your internet connection goes down. And that day, not only is the Wi-Fi down and your computer down, but you can't even get on using your uh, cellular connection because your cell phone you just discovered, you forgot to charge it last night, and it's dead. And so the most important thing of the day just can't happen. Life happens, and it affects you. 
And during those times when life is happening, but in spite of that, life goes on and life pops up when you unex- in unexpected ways. And those friends kept me on my game, the three that called me regularly to ask those questions and listen to me and made sure I was okay. Now this week I want to read to you a passage from Scripture. And in all honesty, well, of course, where would I read it from? I mean, I I guess I could read it from something else, but I'm reading it from the Gospel of John, and it's from Jesus' last, uh, the farewell discourse, uh, during which time he does things like wash the disciples' feet, and he talks about all these other kinds of things happening. But he also says something really important that I think is important for us to hear. It's in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and I'm beginning with verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now listen closely. This next piece is very important. Verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Did you hear that? He said that love is about obeying commandments, and immediately your mind went to the Ten Commandments or some other list of commandments. But in the Gospel of John, there's not a list of commandments that comes after that. Uh, The Ten Commandments and maybe a couple of these other ones that get thrown in. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you, that is, love one another. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I've heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Now, do you think he could say it another couple of times in there? Give him some space. You know, uh, the Gospel of John seems to think that this is important. And this is the commandment. My commandment to you is that you love one another. That you love one another as I have loved you. I'm calling you friends. You're not servants your friends. Now, I was doing a dance in my mind this week because, you know, Linda was coming home, but it was a different kind of dance because I was sitting with this, how do you put together these two? Now, just think about it for a moment. The very first confession of faith that we believe the Christian church ever made is three words. Jesus is Lord. We believe that's the very first, when when the early church got together and made a confession of faith, 
their confession of faith was this, Jesus is Lord. Now, how do you put side by side, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is friend? Because one sounds like master, boss, tell you what to do, sounds like you're a servant, and the other sounds like, let's go grab a couple of beers. Or if you don't drink beer, let's go grab a couple of Cokes or a cup of coffee or sit down together. They don't sound the same, do they? And yet we claim them both. And I think there's room for both. Now, ride with me for a moment, because usually I don't do technical dances, but this is, and this is not really a totally technical dance. But it felt technical when I started talking it out loud to myself. So it was like, do I talk like this? Because everyone says, you don't usually do the technical, technical thing. Okay, ride with me on Jesus as Lord for a moment, and I'll, I'll, I'll share what I'm thinking, and you see if you can buy this, and if you don't, it's perfectly fine. The wonderful thing about Scripture is we can hear it a lot of different ways. Jesus is Lord is not so much a claim for me that Jesus is boss. You know, it's separate from Jesus as king. Lord is a different thing. In the Hebrew Bible, every time that God's name appears, our Jewish sisters and brothers do not say God's name. They say Adonai, or Hashem, which means the name. Adonai, when they refer to God by name, means Lord. So whenever a good Jewish boy, Jesus, that's what he was. He was observant all the way to the end of his life. Would have referred to God. Jesus was pushing the boundaries by referring to God as Abba, Father. That was a real boundary pusher. But as a Jew, he would have called God not by name, but Lord. And so would have the early Christian community. So when they're saying Jesus is Lord, they're not saying Jesus is master to my slavery or my boss to tell me what to do. They are saying Jesus is I am. Jesus is God. Jesus is somehow eternally connected to God. And if you think of it that way, then Jesus is friend becomes God is friend. Suddenly, you're not just bowing down all the time to the God of the universe. Somehow, that God has gotten in close. So close that they only have one commandment in the Gospel of John. One. Love one another as I have loved you. Now, you don't have to buy the argument I just gave because it's not really an argument. I don't want to argue about it. But what I want to say is not everything you come across in Scripture has to be contradictory of each other. If you think about it and sit with it long enough, perhaps God will open a way for it to draw you in to an even bigger picture. Can you think that God who made the entire universe wants to be your friend? It's easier to say, I want Jesus to be my friend because he was a dude. He walked around. He had a body, had feet, just like I do. Maybe a little bigger, maybe a little smaller. I don't know. We don't know exactly how big Jesus was. Probably pretty average. 
We want, we want Jesus to be like seven foot four center for the, you know, the Chicago Bulls or something. But Jesus was probably pretty average looking. It's not what was drawn. It, it wasn't the way he looked that drew people to him. It was the power of his presence. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is I am. Jesus is friend. Because God, Father, wants to be our friend. The same God who is making the universe even as we speak. Started whenever it started. Let's not argue about that. Who cares? It started when it started. We're pretty okay with God being the one that started it. Whatever the Big Bang or the seven days of creation or whatever it looked like, God did it. That same God who's still making the entire universe has a place, a special, unique, privileged place for you. Friend. The kind of friend that not only asks how you are, but think about it with me for a moment. How often do you ask the God of the universe, so God, how are you doing? How often do you ask the God of the universe, so tell me, how are you doing today? Yeah, we passed five million people dying uh, from, uh, from a pandemic. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? Now here's, here's where I think you need to look carefully at the God who was modeled for us in the person of Jesus. That God may be all-powerful in whatever way you think all-powerful works, but that God is also all-vulnerable. Every one of us who experiences pain is not alone because God is experiencing that pain with us. God is walking that pain with us. God is friend. God really wants to know how you're doing. Do you really want to know how the all-vulnerable God of the universe is doing? Would you call up God and say, God, how are you doing? If I can have three human friends, actually there are more. Now I'm starting to think of the list. But in any case, there were at least three whose purpose and calling was to ask, how is Linda? But then to follow up and be sure, not only how is Linda, but how are you? This is the woman you've been married to for 29 years. She matters in your life. How are you feeling with this? And by the way, are you making sure that you're surviving to be there for Linda on the far side? And for yourself, because James, you say it every week, Everyone is infinitely precious and unconditionally loved. Have you forgotten you are one of those people? You're one. Are you eating? Are you sleeping? Are you taking care of yourself? The answer to all those questions was, yes, I was doing all of those things. But that somebody cared enough to ask, Oftentimes, when we talk to God, our questions are about things we want. Have you ever thought to ask, 
the all-vulnerable God of the universe. So how are you doing with all of this? I was looking at the Crab Nebula today, and I just thought, wow, God did a gorgeous job. How do you feel about the Crab Nebula? How do you feel about all those deaths? How do you feel about the way we're treating your planet? How do you feel about systemic racism, God? How do you feel about those things? Because I want to love the things that you love, and I want to do the things you want me to do, and I need to know what those are. Because I believe your commandment, and I believe that you want to be my friend. Jesus said it. I give you one commandment, love one another as I have loved you. I don't call you slaves anymore, servants. That's the cleaned up word, it means slave. I don't call you servants anymore, slaves anymore. I call you friends. Friends check on each other. Friends look after each other. Friends care what's happening to the other. I had a friend who once they found out, and I didn't tell them for two weeks. They were on vacation. I didn't want to bother them. I, you know, I wanted them to enjoy their vacation. Then they had the first week back, and they're clergy people, so they were like crazy busy, like all of you when you come back. You go on vacation to come back to twice as much work as when you went on vacation. And, and it's like, why did I even take vacation? I could have just kept up and it would have been fine. I didn't want to bother them. And the first thing they said is, you should have called me on vacation. What were you thinking? And I was like, I was thinking, as your friend, I wanted you to enjoy your vacation. Well, as your friend, I wanted to know Linda was in the hospital. Okay, fine. You know, let's not argue about that. And that friend said, you know, as your friend, I just want you to know I'm going to be calling you every couple of days. I'm not going to bug you all the time. I'm just going to check on you. Are you friends with God? Are you friends with this Jesus who embodied the eternal Christ here? And what did he look like? He looked like love, healing, forgiveness, hope, friendship. Hear these words and hear them like he's speaking them to you. I don't call you slaves. I call you friend. Will you be God's F-R-I-E-N-D, friend? Will you be a friend to Jesus and a friend to the Spirit who wants to work in and through you as your friend, to bring healing and hope, not only to you, but to those around you. Because that's what friends do. Have you asked God lately, how are you doing? Are you okay with what's going on? Are you okay with what's going on in my life? How can I love you better? Jesus is friend. You know, life happens. And you need a friend when it's happening. <laughs> you need at least one. I hope you have a lot. 
But never forget God wants to be, through the person of Jesus, your friend. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is friend. They don't have to be contradictory by any stretch. They can be an invitation to relationship.